The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to From Good to Amazing, and we're delighted not only for your presence here today listening to our show, but for spreading the word on Facebook and Twitter to all your friends because we really work with concepts that not only uh, help people understand that we're all here to live an amazing life, but more importantly, giving you the tools, not rules, that help you accomplish that. An extraordinary life coach an individual that's been featured on Oprah Magazine and is considered Tampa Bay's own Dr. Phil, Chandra Alexander. Chandra, welcome to our show today. Thank you for having me, Temple. Well, it's not a secret that I uh, praise the work that you do because I love your effectiveness, uh, your directness, and your ability to help people move from an epiphany to a place of action. And today we were going to talk about uh, your expertise on relationship because there's so much energy in the world today of people looking for soulmates and right mates and his and her mates and <laughs> all those kind of things. And um, you were saying something very significant about what you are seeking is actually seeking you. Yeah, I think that um, um, it's all about it's all about energy when it boils right down to it. Each of us has a, a certain energy, and the same way that you feel someone's energy is the same way, basically, that somebody feels your energy. And lots of times we look at a relationship, and I think, you know, the first pass is to blame the other person, to feel victimized, to not understand why we're in the place we're in. But I think the bottom line is that... Um, you end up exactly where you belong, that at a certain moment in time, your stuff sort of over, overlaps his stuff, and it kind of comes together. And uh, I think what you are seeking is also seeking you, and there's a moment in time when, when, when that comes together. You know, and the other part of it that is is so true, and I was saying this yesterday, that you know, there's so many books out about men speak a certain way and women uh, speak a certain way, and, and that's all fine and good. But at the end of the day, spiritually speaking, don't you feel it's a person-to-person language? In other words, how I treat myself, how I speak to myself, how I hold myself, how I view myself in the mirror, that's exactly the languaging I'm going to get from someone else, Right. I, I think you, you, you're absolutely right. I think that the problem is that we think that the outside world, the physical world, is what is responsible for how we feel. But it's really the other way around. How we feel actually creates our world. So we're responsible for creating the world that we have in front of us. And... Once I decide to take responsibility of it, it's I am co-creating in relationship. And it's really essential for me 
to teach people how I want to be treated. Are there any type of skills or just things from experience that you've come to know that you can share with our listeners today? Because I know you're sitting on a wealth of information. (laughs) Yeah, well, the the reason I'm laughing is, you know, we make it so complicated. But the truth is, if it doesn't feel good, it usually isn't good. I think, you know, we're all very different, but basically we laugh and cry at the same stuff. There are just basic sort of tenants that aren't very complicated. You know, I did something the other day with clients of mine. I had a laugh. I made them hold up their hand and take a vow and say, I swear I will never say, I will never say anything that will diminish this person or that's not loving. If you simply do that, you begin to create a different sort of environment in which you create and in which you connect. Mm, that's very powerful. And what we also know inside is that when you're a person and you respect yourself and you don't find pleasure or uh, sabotage yourself in making yourself small, you're certainly not going to hold the space of doing that for someone else. A, a friend of mine, she's been married for about 40 years uh, to the same person, I will add. <laughs> And, and in that, um, every year they uh, reassess um, their vows, uh, their relationship, and they, they say to one another, as we go into the next year, how can I support you in being a better individual? I love that. I think it's very dynamic. Well, I, I, think, I think it's great, but I think even more to the point is I think we choose every moment whether or not we want to be there. We choose whether or not we are loving, whether we stay open, whether we connect, or whether we're more invested about in being right rather than feeling right. And I think that the way that people end up in long relationships that for the most part are healthy and loving is that they continually choose to be there and they continually choose to stay open and they continually choose to stay loving. Because no matter how connected you are to someone, one day you're going to wake up and that person's, you know, going to upset you. You're not going to like them. And at that point, you have a choice of what you want to do, how you want to connect to that person, whether you're going to be right or whether you're going to feel right. Because lots of times in a relationship, you can be right, you can make your point, you can have everybody on your side, and you, you can feel really wrong inside. That's powerful. I think it's true. And I, and, and I think it's true. I think that when you learn that, um, th- that's, really, that's really the key to having relationships that work. It's a certain kindness that you not only extend, that you extend first and foremost to yourself. And then that naturally flows outward. So what you are seeking is is really seeking you. I mean, if that's what you're about, that's what you're going to pull to you. If by no other reason, then you're not going to allow anybody close to you that's not going to treat you in the way that you feel you deserve to be treated. So for a, a lot of people that are just getting started in the in the work of uh, the law of attraction or uh, shifting some of the, like the sculptor of chipping away some of the things that don't belong. Are there certain exercises or, or things that you recommend that not overnight, but over a course of time will help a person transcend from the ordinary to the extraordinary in relationship? I, I, I think that's a great question. And for the most part, I, I don't believe in workbooks or courses or any of that stuff, but I do have, I guess you could call it an exercise, but what it does is it sort of retrains people, or it really, not even retrains, really teaches them for the first time how to listen in a space that's very, very open, and that's that if you sit across from one another in the evening and you know, just take a kitchen timer 
and you give yourself three minutes, and for three minutes, you sit there and you talk about how you feel. That doesn't mean you say what's wrong with him. That means you talk about how you feel. I feel this way. When this happens, I feel like that. And then when that buzzer goes off, he gets to say the same thing. And then what happens is, because you know that you're going to get to talk, you're willing to listen for three minutes. And sometimes, if you can only hear just one thing that you didn't hear before, it makes all the difference in the world. And it takes that whole defensiveness and that whole posturing for position out of the picture. I can see that would be powerful because you're allowing the space, right, to be heard or seen. You're, allow- or you're allowing the space and you're, and, you're allow- and, and you're listening for the first time. The reason, you know, most of the time when people get in arguments, the reason they can't hear what the other person is saying is because they're thinking about what they're going to be saying next. <laughs> and to take that out of the picture, to know that you're going to get a chance to say what you have to say. I mean, that's very powerful. You give yourself permission to just sort of be present in the moment and to listen. And when you listen, sometimes you hear something that really makes a difference for you. It's like that um, that axiom, the, the difference between uh, wanting to set things right uh, rather than seeing them right. And when we get comfortable with ourselves more and more, it, it seems that we don't really see things as something even so different than ourselves, actually. We're able to hear people and not become defensive. Uh, when someone doesn't agree with us, that's very comfortable. What is it that they say, if both of you always agree, then you know one of you is unnecessary? Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, well, well, I think what also happens is that when you step out of uh, victim consciousness and take responsibility for the relationship, even though, you know, you may not think that you did anything wrong, but simply the mere fact of being there and being in it, you have to take 100% responsibility as well as your mate for this relationship. And the minute you come out of victim consciousness, what happens is you, you all of a sudden tr- you get tremendous power because you realize that you are part of creating that. You are part of creating that situation that's dysfunctional and hurtful. And when you admit that you were part of that and you take responsibility for that, at that exact same moment, you get tremendous power because you know that the same way that you created that, you can create something else. Because it's in the creation. It's what we do with our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And if we decide to change those, we don't have to worry when the relationship is going to change. Because when you plant a seed, you know, fruit falls from the tree, you don't need to know when it's going to fall. All you need to know is if you change what hasn't been working, then something different is going to happen. Mm, That's powerful. Now, are some of these ideas that you're talking about today also in your book, Reality Works? Yes. Yes. They're in Reality Works. Uh, They're in my book, Rationalizations, How to Stop Believing Your Excuses and Have a Real Relationship. And my newest book, Epiphany, Power Statements That Change Your Life, they're in that too. And I also send out a daily email, so if anybody's interested in that, you know, they can just go to the website and sign up. But a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you hear it, it makes so much sense. And yet we make our lives so complicated. There's so much drama. And when you begin to strip all that away, you get back to something that is very basic and in the deepest way um, really is the core of who you are. Because I think we all want love and we all want to connect. And none of us want to be acrimonious. None of us want to be nasty. We do that because we get scared. You're so right. I mean, 
and we start putting up blocks and we uh, start hesitating. I mean, people have come to me through the years and saying, oh, you know, I really want to celebrate you know, someone loving me, and and one day I have a vision that I can sit down and have you know candlelight dinner and um, and just a nice, quiet, romantic evening, and just enjoy sitting and a wonderful meal and full of nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And I go, well, do you do that with yourself? Oh, no way. You know, usually I eat her on the sick, uh, you know, around the kitchen counter and I just throw everything away as I'm eating it. And I say, well, until you're comfortable, <laughs> you know, until you're comfortable doing that with yourself and um, really perceiving life as the banquet that's available to you with all its blessings and riches, till you're comfortable doing that, um, chances are you're not going to attract that in your life. Well, I think you're right, and I think the key is not necessarily the dinner, but the key is doing that with yourself. Yes. And spending time with yourself and enjoying your own company. I don't think, I mean, I will go on record here and I'll say that I don't think it's possible to have a healthy, loving, fulfilling relationship unless you're able to spend time alone, you know? Because if you can't spend time alone, you're always looking for that other person to fill that big hole inside you. And even if that person is the nicest, sweetest person in the world, one day he's going to wake up and he's just not going to be in the mood. You know, and then what are you going to do? You know, so somehow you have to take responsibility. Those big holes that you have in you are family of origin holes. You know, you came to that relationship with those big spaces that you need filled and you need to do that yourself that's very powerful yeah because when you come from that that space then uh then i think a lot of times then people get perceived as being needy and and that's a real turn off to a lot of people Uh, well i I think they are needy Mm -hmm. yeah i think they are needy and 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 that neediness or that need to be fulfilled and that need for somebody else to do it for you is projected. You're so angry about that, which means you're really sad because you haven't been able to do it yourself. But you're so angry and you project that onto the other person. And then you become angry at them when the truth is you're really upset with yourself. And anger, that anger that you have, I mean, just remember in relationships, whenever that anger is there, anger is really sadness that's been flipped upside down. Lots of times I say to people, I know you're really angry. I mean, just intense anger in in, in a therapy session. And I'll say, just stop for a minute. What are you really feeling? And within 30 seconds, somebody starts to cry. So that sadness is always that anger. And when you feel that sadness, that's when the anger goes. Yeah, it's just, it's built up over over time. I want to tell everyone yeah. the, where your website is because we're going to go to break now. Um, coachgirl.com. Coachgirl.com. That's- Dot com, and you can find all of Chandra Alexander's information about how to sign up for her email, to see where her books, how to order them, and learn more about this. Because how to have a relationship in your life, most importantly with yourself, is the best thing we can ever do for ourselves, is to give us this gift of understanding and delving into understanding life can be Amazing. I'm Temple Hayes, and you still have time to let your friends know that we are live online, Unity Online Radio, unity.fm, and uh, thank you for supporting this work. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei, the spiritual image and likeness of God. The divine spirit within is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us on From Good to Amazing, Unity Online Radio, Voice for Awakening World. One of the things we're committed to are are simple tools and techniques which can play a part in the development of the wholeness of, of humanity. And Chandra Alexandra has been studying this work for many years. She's the author of various books, From Epiphany to Reality Works. Chandra, you were talking before we went to break about, you know, various things of emotions. And I, I love what you were saying. Um, one time along the way when I was in group therapy classes, I bought a red notebook that was unlined. And I just allowed myself the permission to deal with, you know, anger and things I was frustrated with. I didn't judge what I was writing down. I just, I just wrote, you know, this aggravated me, this upset me, this... And then out of that came this deep sadness that probably I've been carrying around for, you know, a long, long time. But that's so true is that a lot of times the, the anger is reflecting some guarded uh, sadness or grief, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly, I, I mean, every time I see anger uh, with my clients, every time I feel it with myself, I know underneath there's some sort of sadness, there's some sort of loss. The thing to do when you feel angry is to just stop. If you just sort of even have to just plop yourself down in the middle of the floor, you know, that kind of breaks, you know, all that stuff that's up in your head and gets you back in your body. Because you need to get back in your body so that you can feel what's really going on. I always say that 
to feel is to heal, and to heal is to feel. You know, you, you can't have one without the other. But if you really want to heal your heart, you're going to have to feel it. And the feelings are not necessarily the feelings we associate with this new age spirituality where everybody's up and dancing and optimistic. And I mean, that's wonderful if that's what you're feeling. But when you talked about not having any judgment on those feelings, that's really what's going on. Because the only way to be in a relationship, to go back to that, to, to, to circle all the way back to that, the only way to be in a relationship is at some point to end up being non-judgmental, to be open. And unless you can be non-judgmental with yourself, unless you can allow all these various feelings, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to come up without being censored, you will never really be able to love someone else. Because how you love yourself is being able to accept all the things about yourself, the things that you like and the things that you don't like, and it's always going to be a mixed bag. Otherwise, we're just going to walk around wounded perfectionists that will never measure up, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to walk around wounded, we're going to walk around angry, we're going to walk around victimized, we're going to walk around and wonder why everybody and not me. If you're wondering any of that stuff, you haven't done the work once you start to do the work, you have to do the work. You know, you said at the begin- beginning when you, were, when you were introducing me, you said going from epiphany to action. You know, I always say lots of times, you know, if an epiphany is what you're after, you know, just have a drink, smoke a joint, you know, you, you'll, you'll have an epiphany. But if you want that epiphany to really take root in your life, you have to understand that that epiphany is, is a state of grace. It's all of a sudden everything sort of just stopped and you got this realization. This is a gift. What are you going to do with it? Unless you act on it, unless you start to do the work, it's nothing more than just a fleeting thought. But if you really do the work, then something really miraculous happens. So true. You ha- you must take it to a a place of action. Otherwise, it's just a it's an aha moment that never turned into anything but a a great idea in the sky. Uh, and speaking it's not of that, something that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It, it's not something that that happens all at once either. You know, it didn't take a moment for you to get where you are today. It took a long time and many many choices to get you to this place that you are today. So if you know that you want to be somewhere else, you can know that you want to be that place and you can hold that place, but you can't stay in that place out there in the future. What you have to do is you have to come back to the present moment and to begin to put in the right ingredients. And that's all you're responsible for for putting in the right ingredients, all the different ways. And then you kind of let it rip. You just sort of hand it off to the universe because the universe has a way of putting stuff together that you could never even imagine, even on your best days. Mm, That's so true. Um, We hear a lot of talk all the time about the law of attraction. And many people... Uh, from the success of the movie The Secret, kind of got on board with that. And and it seems like, you know, just about every other person added to their website something about the law of attraction. Let's right. talk about that from a way that is that is as practical to the point and actually user-friendly that, you know, someone can benefit from and not so ethereal and out there. What would you perceive or understand to be the law of attraction? Well, the law of attraction, obviously, is is everybody at this moment has the law of attraction working for them, whether they realize it or not. All you have to do is take a look at your life. That, that, that's the law of attraction. The question really is, 
what happened? How do you create something different? How do you attract something different into your life? Whether it's a new job, whether it's a new car, <laughs> whether it's a new relationship, you know, what, what are the ingredients that go into creating something different? If it was just a matter of doing affirmations and doing a, a cutout board and pasting pictures on a board of what you want, everybody would be driving a Bentley and living on Bayshore. Is that not right? You know, <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's not, but that's, but that's not happening. And that's because if in your heart of hearts, in, in, in the subtext, it's not about the text, it's about the subtext. It's about what's going on underneath the surface. If you don't really feel that you deserve to be loved. You can cut out pictures of a relationship and look at big fabulous rings from now till the end of time. It's never going to work for you. So that's what's happening. It's your feelings. It's your thoughts. It's your feelings. It's your actions. It's all of these things changing in order to create something new. And then you begin to attract something new into your life. So you, in, in simplistic ways for us, you look at your life, where you are today, and that will definitely tell you, you know, what, what you're creating. And how you're working with the law, and if you I don't look think at, that, I don't think that can ever be. I, I don't think you can ever. That can ever. That that's never a mistake, right? The no. the universe doesn't make mistakes that way. That, that's it. I mean, ac- it's absolutely accurate. So if I look at the relationship I have today, um, for someone listening, not me, because I'm very happy with the relationship I have today, but. If you're looking at the relationship you have in your life and it's not the relationship that you would like, then the work is to shift yourself, to shift who you are in relationship with yourself so you can have that magical relationship on that dream board. Is that what you're saying? I just want to make sure. Yes, I I think that's exactly what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is that, you know, lots of times when we look in the mirror. You know, sometimes you look in the mirror and you find that you haven't put your lipstick on just right. And when you have to, when you want to put on lipstick, you don't go to the mirror and start applying lipstick on the mirror. You, you go to your own face and you put lipstick on your own face because that mirror, our life, is a reflection of our inner life, of who we are. That, that's where the work starts. You come home to put the lipstick on. You don't put the lipstick on, on your reflection. That's powerful. And, and so very, very true. And with what you're saying with the law of attraction, it seems that a lot of people want to live more in the future. I'll be happy when. You know, um, if I get this, I'll be feeling so much better. And, you know, once I get, you know, the perfect person to love me, et cetera. Mm. Are we missing something in the present moment about all that? Well, I, hmm. I think the, the, the truth is, and it's very sad. It's that everybody always wants to be someplace other than where they're at. When you start to get it, you never want to be any place other than where you're at. Because you, under, you begin to understand innately that joy only occurs in the present moment. In the past, and the, or the, in the past or the future, the energy is all up in your head. You're thinking about what happened back then, or you're thinking about what you're going to be doing you know, going forward when you get this, this, and the other thing. The minute you're in the present moment, the energy comes from the head and settles back into the heart, and what happens is something opens. Only in the present moment can you receive. When you're up in your head in the past or the future, if a new opportunity came, for you, came to you 
you, you know, something in you would probably push it away. Because there's, there's not a safe, soft, open place for it to land. So being in the present moment is what automatically opens your heart. And it's only in the present moment that you can love. And it's only in the present moment that you can give and receive. Everything else is, you know, mind games, you know, that don't have anything to do with anything that's really real. That's so true. Um, A little bit earlier today, I, um, along with another minister here at at First Unity in St. Petersburg and another individual, we were coming together to um, co-create a better uh, spiritual care ministry team. And we have, you know, had a meeting or two. So we're in this meeting. And one of the individuals was really needing some support. <laughs> and so we just kind of put our notebooks down. And, and we look at this person. And we say, you know, how can we support you? And in that moment, it was just, it was uh, so meaningful for me. Because I said, you know, do all of you realize what we just did? There are many people that would be so focused on the meeting. We've got to have this meeting, and we've got to get this done so we can talk about offering care to other people. <laughs> but there's a person in the circle of the meeting that really needs us to show hysterical. care. Yeah. <laughs> but there would be many people, like you're saying, that would have absolutely missed that. Oh, thank you for sharing. We need to get back to this meeting because we want to talk about how to care for others. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about the care that you need right now because we need to have the meeting about something that we might be doing out in the future. And it happens all the time. People do it all the time. I know. I know. What, what, a, what, a wonderful, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful story that is. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's exactly what it's about. You're you're hundred percent right. To be mindful of, of the moment and what the unraveling of that moment is uh, right in right in front of you, and uh, what it means to be uh, truly human. Um, and I think that there's a there's something I've read not too long ago. Uh, and if anybody would like it, I'd be glad to send it to you. If you email me, amazing at unity.fm, but it's the um, my friend's obituary, and what it's talking about is uh, our most recent friend uh, has died, known as common sense, <laughs> and I just love it because it's so rich and so true, um, because uh, common sense um, and following our inner guidance can go a, a long ways. I don't think there's any question about it. I think that when you distill these spiritual truths down to the lowest common denominator, it's always about common sense. It's 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 devoid of anything airy fairy. It it just gets to the heart, to the real meat of the matter. And that's where you want to live. You know, you want to live in that place that's very open, uh, that's very immediate, that uh, where you're able to uh, really, uh, where you're able to really feel one another. You know, we're talking about what you're seeking is also seeking you. You know, we're talking about relationships, but in in a not only in a romantic relationship, but I was just. You know, I do a lot of business consulting, too. And in, in, in a business sense, also, um, people do business with people they like. People think that what they're selling is their product. But there are a lot of people who make good widgets. You know, you're not the only one. What is it about you that somebody wants? It's that they, they want to be known. They want to feel that you get them. So to be able to stop everything, to be able to put down the PowerPoint, to be able to put down the minutes of the meeting, what you did today to be able to connect, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. We do the hokey pokey. We put our whole selves in and 
That's what it's all about. And that's You're what listening. it's all about, exactly, that's the right. hokey pokey. See, nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us, everyone. We're going to take a break. We so much appreciate your donations that you make to Unity Online Radio that allows us the opportunity to spread these wonderful messages to an awakening world. We'll be right back. We're with Chandra Alexandra. And I would like to mention her website once again is coachgirl.com. Thank you for listening. the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages, just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation. And every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Wondering what's happening at Unity Village? Join Dean Ted Collins and guests each Monday at 2 p.m. Central Time as he hosts Village Events and Voices from Unity Village. Stay connected with Unity Village and get news on retreats, special events, newly published authors, and various ways you or your center can be part of the many exciting opportunities Unity Village has to offer. Tune in to catch live interviews of Unity speakers, authors, and newsmakers. It's Village Events and Voices with host Ted Collins, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. And wow, it's so exciting to be able to get uh, various tools in which we can uh, deepen our understanding of how to have, you know, great relationships in our in our lives. And one of the things I would uh, want to say, in addition to all the wisdom today we're getting from uh, Chandra Alexander, again, her website is coachgirl.com, is that, you know, the decision that you make today about shifting and, and making a change in your relationship, it, if you make that decision and it's your intention to do so, anything is, is possible. Um, I like to reflect about the time when we were first learning to write our name when we were little. It was uncomfortable. We felt vulnerable. But practice and practice and showing up, you know, stretched us to an ability to be able to not only write our name, but for people to actually understand what we were writing. I know many years ago for me, I... I chose to be around people that were uh, wealthier than I am, that had healthier relationships than, than I did at the time. And before you know it, over time, uh, like Chandra is saying, in a very practical way, it takes work and effort, but you can be there. Chandra, thank you for the wisdom you're giving us today. You're, you're welcome. I, I think that I, I think the thing that I keep hearing again and again, and maybe it's because it's how I practice and how I live my life. Um, you know, uh, you have to be willing to do the work. And the work is never easy. The work means 
that you're willing to go places that make you a little afraid and make you scared. I don't think of bravery as someone of jumping out of a plane. I think of bravery when I think of someone who's willing to look in those dark places where it's a whole lot easier not to go. And if you do that, um, uh, the, the reward for doing that is amazing. The problem is you, you don't know that until you go there. And no one can tell you because it's frightening. And it's, it's a way that you've learned how to live your whole life, how to be distracted. One of the ways that we get distracted is by having an inordinate amount of drama in our life. We think that when we have drama that our life has some substance to it because we're moving about a lot. But, you know, you can nail one foot down to the floor and move about a lot, and the only thing you're doing is going in a circle. So moving about is, is, really has nothing to do with substance. So if you have a lot of drama in your life, that's the thing you want to look at because drama substitutes for actually doing the work, which is really drama-less. Oh, that was powerful. Can you kind of repeat that piece of that again <laughs> with the drama well, what part? <laughs> what, 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 well, basically what I was saying is that the best way is to just look at your own life. Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of drama in your life, you're basically, you're just not getting it. You know, because drama is substituting for real substance. It's substituting for love. You know, when you do the work, the work is something that is, um, there's not a lot of hoo-ha. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's something you do in the privacy of your own soul and your own spirit. Is that you're willing to look at these dark places that, you know, you just don't want to go to. And you cannot live a life, no matter how privileged you've been, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how much money you have. There's no way to live a life without life and all of life inserting itself. You're going to lose people you love. You're going to feel abused. You're going to abuse. You're going to feel diminished. There's a million things that happen to you in life. And if you stuff all of that, that's when your life gets filled with drama because drama is what you do instead of really living a life. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense because all those things are, are all those things are are so temporary. I know for me, you know, it's like through the years I've found either different mantras or different points of view that have helped me uh, be more congruent with who I am. That my walking and talking is ideally going in the same direction, and with what you're saying about. Uh, your looks or your money or, you know, all those things, regardless of what we may uh, accomplish in day-to-day life, at the end of our life, our life is explained in like a 45-minute window. And what I came to realize a number of years ago is that when I used to have a drama committee, I had drama. You know, because I had to keep my committee fed with information and stories about what was going on. And all of them were waiting. Oh, Temple will be calling this week because, it, you know, it's come Monday. I've got to give her some drama. Come Monday or Tuesday, and boy, she's got all this new drama from the weekend, and we can't wait to thrive and live off this drama, and and it would just multiply, and can you believe that, and oh, and you won't believe what he did, and then she said that, and it just kept it fed, until one day I I had this epiphany, uh, like you specialize in, and I went, now what would happen? If I didn't call those people this week, my little committee of my eight or nine people, and I didn't call all of them and tell them this, and I just kind of sat with it. You know, it was like before you knew it, my whole life had changed. My whole life had changed because I didn't keep that stuff alive in my life. There was space. There was silence. 
there was the wait and see. Um, and before you know it, um, it was just a whole different world. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, if somebody told me this were possible, I'd go, what? Because I fed this stuff, you know, all the time. Well, the, the interesting thing is, is what I want to tell people is the same way that you're addicted to drama is the same way you get addicted to peace. You know, it's a very funny phenomena. You know, you begin to have some peace. You begin to have some equanimity. You begin to have some joy. You begin to step up in the present moment. You begin to truly connect. And so that when you do have drama, you're like, oh, my God, what is that? (laughs) That feels terrible. And that's what begins to happen when you begin to switch because our normal state of consciousness, our, our, our true state of being is to be at peace. You know, we've developed these crazy minds that don't stop for one minute. I mean, one of the things that I do want to say to everybody is that if you haven't learned to meditate, and you don't have to, you know, be a yogi and go off to the Himalayas, but I teach all of my clients to meditate, and if you're willing to sit, if only for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night, and truly learn how to meditate, not in a new age, airy-fairy kind of way, but in a true way where you can just kind of watch your thoughts and be the observer and learn that there's a gap between what you think and how you react and be able to stay in that gap longer and longer, what begins to happen is that when you come out into your everyday life, you somehow are a little bit more calm, a little bit more at peace. You know, the, 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 the yogis, a, a lot of them, the Buddhists meditate with their eyes open. The idea is to bring that equanimity, to bring that one-pointedness into everyday life. And that's so significant. I imagine you see shifts with some of your clients right away because they start recognizing. I love that. I love that what you're saying that, you know, where we've been addicted to noise and and activity and stimulation, we can come equally as addictive to peace and quiet. And and that's so true. I know the first time I went on a silent retreat, I was so anxious, you know, before it ever happened. Like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine, you know, without this and without that and without where, you know, people contacting me and me contacting them. But once you get used to it, it's like essential to your your daily life. The quiet. Don't you think? Calm. Do you remember? Do you remember that retreat? At some point, you know, it's your mind that is totally frantic and always wanted to think one thought or another. And at that retreat, I'm sure there was a moment when you said to yourself, "You know, Temple, you're going to be here for a while." You can just surrender and relax, or you can make yourself totally crazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there was a moment when you just sort of surrendered to the present moment. And that's what the deal is. That's the conversation that you have to yourself. Do I want this drama? Do I have to be right? Do I have to make a point because this is all the ego or am I willing to just let go and feel good? Is feeling good worth it? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happens because it's the ego that makes us frantic, makes us not be able to sit still for a minute. And if we just have a little talk with ourselves, just for the moment, so that's what we do in meditation. So you sit for 10 minutes, and you think you're going to jump out of your skin. But like anything else, whether it's playing a piano or playing tennis, or like you said, writing your name, the more you do it, the more the mind becomes used to being quiet. And then one day, you all of a sudden realize, wow, this isn't so bad. And then you begin to see how that quiet mind, you're now bringing it into your everyday life and how that's making a difference too. So very, very slowly, things begin to change. 
But over a period of time, you're less anxious. You're more in touch with your feelings. You're more able to really connect. More, and you feel like you're more loving, obviously, towards yourself. And when you have that love of yourself, it permeates in everything that you do, you live, and you, you speak. I'm Temple Hayes, and you've been joining us today with Chandra Alexandra. You can go to her website at coachgirl.com. Take advantage of the skills and tools that we've been talking about today. The decision that you make can literally move your relationships from good to amazing. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. The Unity message is universal, uniting, empowering, and transformational. Carrying this message to the world with the power of music and song are scores of singers and songwriters who dedicate their extraordinary gifts to helping heal the world and spread the message of unity and oneness. These are the messengers of unity. We salute the messengers of unity. to Pazapalooza, Music That Matters with host Richard McDesey to hear the music and the artists who are changing the world one song at a time. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books, Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.